Welcome to the Center for Strategic and International Studies. My name is Kimberly Flowers and I'm the director of our work here on global food security. Today's event is on the role of local governance in urban food security. Um, I see a lot of familiar faces in the audience and I, and I know that I hope we have a lot of familiar and new faces online as well. And I know that in the global food discussion, governance comes up a lot. Um, the points of political will, um, both in talking about enabling environments, um, as well as just the importance of leadership to success. Um, this week, maybe next week, I'll be publishing a policy brief that looks at sort of the roadmaps for policymakers of what to look at in terms of global food and nutrition security. And one of the points that I make in terms of some lessons learned from the CSIS research that we've been doing the last several years, predominantly looking at Feed the Future programs and Feed the Future countries, is that development goals are futile without country commitment. It, it really is... It's a, it's a waste of our energy and investments in American tax dollars if we don't have the commitment and the partnership of government leadership. It's really essential to success. Um, and today's event is, is leading on that, but it's actually going down a little bit further. It what we're gonna be talking about today is, is linkages just between the national governments as well as all the way down to municipal governments and the importance of local leaders in cities. And there's no place other than Belo Horizonte in Brazil that does that better. And so that's why we've brought over um, leaders from Brazil to talk to us about this. And to, before we begin, I'd like to just thank Christian Mann. Christian is our research fellow on the global food security team. He's been with us for a few months now. And when he came to, to me to think about, okay, what's an event? What's some research? What are we going to be looking at? What's important to you? It was, it was easy for me to say, yes, let's look at governance. Let's look at local governance, and I thought this piece in particular was um, was quite interesting and a bit niche, niche and something we haven't talked about quite a bit, so I'd like to thank him for his thought leadership on that. And then the first person we thought of as, as we thought, okay, what additional leaders or thinkers could help us with this event is we turn to Olivier de Schutter. Um, Olivier is uh, the former um, UN rapporteur, special rapporteur for the right to food. He had that position from May 2008 to 2014. And you will see the connections between his, his understanding and focus on right to food and how that is very central to the work and the case study that we're going to be learning about today in Brazil. Um, Olivier has also been, uh, he was an, one of the many authors on a case study um, on Belo Horizonte. Sorry if I, I butchered that, I'm sure. Um, but on the city in Brazil. Um, and Olivier, that, the people who wrote that particular um, case study are from the International Panel of Experts on Sustainable Food Systems, or IPIS. And so we asked him to do a video remark to frame the, today's discussion. So we're going to watch a, uh, a video opening address by him to us to talk about this. He'll talk about local food systems, the urban-rural connection, but he'll also talk specifically about how the city government in this one city in Brazil is making such a huge difference in terms of poverty reduction. Um, so now we'll turn to the video. You'll see he says good morning. I know it's good afternoon. But Olivier, over to you. Well, good morning to all. I would like to thank the Center for Strategic and International Studies for dedicating this um, conference to the question of municipal governance of food security. 
For many years, uh, food insecurity was considered to be essentially a problem of production. Um, and as a result, to combat hunger, malnutrition, the usual approach has been to boost production by investing in agricultural development. Um, but this was actually a very short-sighted and partial view. First of all, it led to invest primarily in the production of major commodities such as maize, soybean, rice, potato, and to invest in large-scale monocultures in the largest farms able to achieve economies of scale and basically sell on global markets. And the second problem is that this approach to combating food insecurity did not really address the key question of building links between the rural and the urban um, uh, areas, uh, rebuilding local food systems to connecting uh, urban consumers with local food producers. Instead, the interests of respectively the urban consumers and the local um, farmers have been opposed to one another, as the focus was on producing more in order to have low prices, leading to a very poor remuneration of food producers and, in fact, making it impossible for small-scale farmers to make a decent living from their work. And this explains in large part why rural poverty has continued to increase. At the same time that production um, was increasing, it is because these small-scale local farmers were not supported in that dominant approach that was really um, dominant for the past 40 or 50 years. Now, all this has been changing since a number of years, and perhaps the, the first um, experiment in trying to rebuild local food systems by strengthening the linkages between the urban and rural populations was in, in Brazil, in the city of Belo Horizonte. At the time, some 3.5 million people were living in the city, and Mayor Petro Sananias, in 1993, um, was confronted when elected as mayor with two problems. First of all, important rates of child malnutrition, undernourishment even in the favelas, in the poor neighborhoods of Belo Horizonte. And secondly, for local farmers living in the, in the rural hinterland of the city, um, uh, very um, poor access to markets, um, um, the absence of local processing um, and communications facilities, making it very difficult for these small-scale local farmers to reach uh, consumers. And Petro Sananias brought the two problems together and decided to uh, develop a number of tools in order to reconnect the urban consumers, the poor living in the favelas, the poor neighborhoods of Belo Horizonte in particular, and the uh, local farmers living in the outskirts of the city. And he did this by launching community kitchens, by strengthening uh, the school meals program, by um, investing in food trucks that could carry the, the fruits and vegetables produced by these farmers into the poor neighborhoods. Essentially, what Petro Ananias did was to create um, opportunities for local farmers at the same time, improving access to fresh, 
nutritious foods for the urban consumers. And he did this not alone. He convened a round table uh, in Belo Horizonte involving unions, um, uh, churches, NGOs, uh, uh, farmers, organizations, in order for this to be a, a collective project in which all could um, uh, have their views uh, taken into account. This is probably what explains that although the program was launched in 1993 and the majorities have changed in Belo Horizonte, the mayor uh, has changed on a number of occasions, the program is still ongoing and still successful and no upcoming um, political majority would uh, think of removing it. That is because it was strongly owned by civil society, by the local groups in the in the city. Now, what are the benefits of uh, rebuilding local food systems of that sort? And um, why is it that today a large number of cities across all world regions are expressing an interest in this um, experiment? Uh, as witnessed, for example, by the growth of the Milan Urban Food Policy Pact launched in October 2015 and to which some 150 cities are now um, uh, parties to. Well, perhaps we could summarize um, in four um, arguments the benefits of rebuilding a local food system of that, of that sort. Um, and the first benefit is from the point of view of nutrition. For urban consumers, having access to fresh foods that are produced locally means access to more nutritious, healthy foods that shall not have been heavily processed and as we all know one of the explanations for the skyrocketing, skyrocketing rates of overweight and obesity in many cities is precisely that urban consumers have increasingly dependent on have increasingly depended on um, processed heavily processed foods uh, in which sugars um, saturated fats uh, salts have been added in order to allow them to have a long shelf life so that is a first important benefit of reconnecting um, urban consumers with local, um, local farmers. A second benefit is that um, as a result of investing in local farmers, rural poverty can decline because farmers shall have opportunities that otherwise would have been denied to them. They have access to markets, the nearby city, um, thanks to this local food system being rebuilt. And this is one way to reduce the rate at which people migrate from rural areas to the cities, overwhelming completely the public services in many cities in developing countries in particular. A third benefit of local food systems being rebuilt is that new employment opportunities are being created in the local processing sector, in the um, local food retail sector, um, in which many jobs can be um, uh, created uh, once one seeks to build these links between local producers and urban consumers and local markets. Um, fourth and finally, um, there are important benefits from the point of view of the affordability of foods for the urban consumers. Um, contrary to a widespread misunderstanding, it is not more expensive uh, for urban consumers to buy locally produced fresh foods and cook these foods in family settings. Um, rather, um, heavily processed foods uh, that are produced by large food manufacturing companies 
can be more expensive. But the problem is that in many cities, particularly in the developing world, those are the only foods um, easily available, accessible for urban consumers. In the absence of um, strong connections between local food producers and the urban populations. And so, um, paradoxically perhaps, counterintuitively perhaps, those um, local uh, food producers can provide affordable foods for the urban markets, provided the required infrastructures, communication infrastructures, processing facilities are established at the local level. So these are a number of arguments for rebuilding local food systems, for thinking about the municipal governance of food security and for reconnecting local small-scale food producers with the urban consumers. And um, it is high time that we give uh, to this issue the priority that it deserves. Again, I would like to thank and congratulate the Centre for, for Strategic and International Studies for convening this meeting around this important topic. Excellent discussions to all. I know he's watching, so thank you, Olivier, for that. We really appreciate it. Um, it is now my pleasure to introduce our, our keynote speaker and our special guest for today's event. As we said in the event invitation, um, for 25 years, the Brazilian city of Belo Horizonte has been an unsung hero in the fight against food insecurity. Um, it's interesting as you as you hear him talk about this, that it, it really started in the 90s, but that it's been continued. And, and currently, the leader of this policy and program that's been so successful is Secretary Myra Kalaris. Um, she is currently the Municipal Secretary of Social Assistance, Food Security, and Citizenship of Belo Horizonte City Hall. She's also a social worker, um, and she has been in her past the city, city Hall's Chief of Staff. She has been a professor both of MBA and public management, as well as a full professor in the areas of management, administration, and social rights. It's her first time to Washington, D.C., so let's give her a big welcome as she joins the stage. Secretary and I should mention that um, we are going to be using a translator today, so we also want to appreciate Helena for helping us um, as we translate from Portuguese to English. Thank you very much, Helena. todos e a todas, agradeço a de estar aqui, né, ao, ao convite né, do CSIS é, por essa oportunidade que hoje e agradeço a todos vocês pela presença de estarem aqui nos ouvindo e compartilhando experiências também. Uh, good afternoon everyone, I would like to thank you all for being here today and sharing your experiences as well as to thank the CSIS for the invitation uh, to come and to speak to you this afternoon. É, inicialmente eu vou compartilhar é, com vocês um pouco da história é, de criação da política de segurança alimentar no município de Belo Horizonte e destacar alguns aspectos importantes, tanto do cenário nacional quanto local, 
é, que deram condições para que essa política se sustentasse é, por 25 anos e atualmente passasse por um processo de expansão, né, como estamos vivendo atualmente em Belo Horizonte. Uh, first of all, I would like to share with all of you uh, some of the history behind this uh, food security policy that we have in the city of Belo Horizonte in Brazil, and also to present some of the key local and national aspects um, of this policy that now has been sustainable for the last 25 years, and that is um, at the moment being expanded. O ponto de partida da minha fala é a criação é, em 1988 com a redemocratização do país, é, da Constituição Federal, é, que é conhecida como a Constituição Cidadã, e que criou é, um sistema é, de seguridade social no Brasil e que responsabilizou né, o Estado brasileiro é, pela criação de políticas públicas para garantia de direitos sociais. First of all, uh, the starting point of the policy, it was really back in 1988 when uh, in a process of redemocratization in Brazil, our federal constitution uh, came to be and it was known as the citizen constitution. And it was the beginning of a social security system in Brazil, one that places the national government as the responsible party for ensuring public policies to protect social rights. É, três aspectos é, são muito importantes nesses sistemas de políticas públicas no Brasil. É, o primeiro diz respeito é, à participação popular e ao controle social. O segundo diz respeito à descentralização político-administrativa das políticas. Então, nesse contexto, existem responsabilidades colocadas para o governo nacional, para o governo dos estados e para os governos locais. É, e, por último, um processo de institucionalização das políticas, especialmente pelo poder legislativo e pela criação de sistemas públicos de financiamento. There are three key aspects to this public policy system in Brazil that I would like to highlight. Um, the first one is public participation as well as social controls. Uh, secondly, a decentralization in the political administrative realm. From that point on, there were responsibilities at the national, the state, and the local government levels. And thirdly, uh, the way that policies were institutionalized through legislation and also a, public for, um, a system for public financing of these policies was created. É, a década de 90, né, no Brasil, significou uma, um, um importante momento de regulamentação dos direitos sociais garantidos na Constituição Federal de 88 e criação de legislações específicas é, de garantia de direitos sociais. É, nesse momento, o Brasil vivenciava uma, um dos seus piores momentos em relação é, a garantia de segurança alimentar, tínhamos um, um cenário de fome é, no país e algumas referências é, no Brasil começaram a discutir como o Estado poderia superar essa situação de fome 
É, então, a gente tem o Betinho, que foi um grande, uma grande liderança no Brasil. E em Belo Horizonte, a, o, o início da construção do sistema de segurança alimentar pelo então prefeito eleito, Patrus Ananias. Uh, the 90s uh, was a very important decade in Brazil when uh, social rights contained in the 1988 constitution began to be uh, regulated and specific social rights had to be legitimized. It was a very difficult time in terms of food security. Um, widespread hunger uh, existed in the country and many important players started to uh, bring to mind uh, the question of how could we overcome this challenge. Uh, a very important name was Betinho, uh, as well as in Belo Horizonte, the very start of this whole process um, was with the then elected mayor, Patrus Ananias. É, em 1993, é criada, então, é, a Secretaria Municipal de Abastecimento, que tinha como principal função é, o combate à fome na cidade de Belo Horizonte. Neste momento, a gente não, é, não tínhamos políticas é, criadas e nem voltadas né, para o enfrentamento da fome. A gente tinha um cenário de 25% de crianças desnutridas na cidade, 62 mil famílias em situação de fome e de insegurança alimentar. In 1993, the municipal secretary for food supply was created, and its main function was to fight hunger in the city of Belo Horizonte. At the time, there was a complete lack of policies created and geared towards fighting hunger. Uh, the statistics showed about 25% of children were malnourished, and 62,000 families lived in a context of hunger and food insecurity. É, a Secretaria de Abastecimento, à época, é, trouxe para a agenda governamental, é, no âmbito local, no município, é, a discussão do combate à fome. Nesse momento, essa ainda não era uma agenda nacional. É, a iniciativa partiu é, do então prefeito eleito Patrus Ananias com é, o objetivo de criar políticas locais que pudessem é, combater a fome. Nesse cenário, a gente tem é, iniciativas de oferta direta pelo município é, de alimentação por meio dos restaurantes populares. Havia um, um restaurante desativado na cidade e aí se inicia um processo de criação é, da política de segurança alimentar pela oferta direta nos restaurantes populares, mas também pela criação de é, lojas é, sacolões, aonde levava para a periferia da cidade hortifrutas, né, frutas, legumes. E nesse momento a gente não tinha oferta desse tipo de alimento nas regiões periféricas e pobres da cidade. So once the uh, secretary for food supply was created, the topic was integrated in the governmental uh, agenda at the local level. Uh, this whole debate uh, and, and dialogue about fighting hunger was still not um, in the spotlight at the national level. 
and our then elected mayor, Ananias, uh, created a local policy for fighting hunger. Some of the initiatives included direct supply of food uh, organized by the city through what we call popular restaurants. There used to be one that was not active of, at the time and it was um, restarted, as well as a food security policy that starts to be created, not only through uh, promoting food security through those restaurants, but also stores that were heavily discounted um, stores to supply fresh foods, uh, vegetables and, and fresh greens, especially to the outskirts of the city where the poor population was mainly concentrated. É, nesse momento, é, a prefeitura também reconhece a alimentação é, ofertada em suas políticas, como as escolas é, para as crianças, como uma forma também de reforço é, ao combate à fome e à desnutrição. É, então, foi criado um programa, à época, que se chamava Pé de Moleque, é, que... É, investia na segurança alimentar e nutricional de crianças de forma prioritária neste momento e que em poucos anos conseguiu reduzir é, em 60% é, a hospitalização infantil por desnutrição e diminuiu em 70% a mortalidade infantil na cidade. So the local government recognized that uh, food supplied through schools could also serve as a means to promote food security and, a, and fight hunger in a program called Pé de Moleque, uh, children's foot as a common expression in Portuguese, uh, meant a way to invest primarily on children um, and their food security. And in the first few years of this program, uh, child hospitalization due to malnutrition decreased by 60% and child mortality uh, due to malnutrition decreased by 70%. É, no início dos anos 2000, é, a gente tem essas políticas desenvolvidas em âmbito local em Belo Horizonte. Então, a gente já tinha quase uma década de criação dessas políticas que se, que se consolidaram não só pela agenda governamental, mas também pelo reconhecimento da mudança de qualidade de vida da própria população. Né? Então, o, o público atendido reconhece nessa política é, uma iniciativa importante. E no início dos anos 2000, cria-se é, no Brasil, né, com então, a eleição do, do presidente Lula, é, uma agenda de é, combate à fome é, no Brasil, Então, em 2003, a gente tem a criação de um programa nacional, que é o Fome Zero, que, dentre as diversas ações, cria o programa Bolsa Família, que é um programa de transferência de renda a famílias pobres, e outras várias políticas, como a criação de cisternas em áreas do semiárido brasileiro, onde faltava água, mas também uma forte, um forte investimento na política de segurança alimentar e o elevando a um sistema nacional é, de segurança alimentar. Então é criado né, em 2006 o Sistema Nacional é, de Segurança Alimentar no Brasil. O, o então prefeito Patrus Ananias assume a pasta que é o Ministério do Desenvolvimento Social e Combate à Fome 
Então, esse é um aspecto importante de nacionalização da política de segurança alimentar para o de Belo Horizonte para o Brasil. So in the early 2000s, uh, we do have local policies in place in Belo Horizonte, and they had been in place for nearly a decade at the time. They had been consolidated not only through the, the government and their actions at the time, but also by the practical and uh, tangible improvements in quality of life that the population uh, recognized. And um, in the early 2000s as well, the former president Lula was elected and created a national agenda to fight hunger. In 2003, the Fome Zero, Zero Hunger Program was started, including various actions. One of them, the most known perhaps, uh, Bolsa Familia, the family uh, cash transfer program, which um, offered uh, direct incentives, as well as the construction of cisterns, in the semi-arid region of the country and other uh, policies. And there was an increase in investments in through uh, food security policies. And in 2006, there is a national system for food security that is created at the federal level. And the previously uh, mayor of Belo Horizonte, Ananias, becomes the minister of development and uh, social protection against hunger, um, making this direct connection between their success story in Belo Horizonte and the federal level in Brazil. A década de 90, então, ela marca a criação dessas políticas em Belo Horizonte. Os anos 2000, início dos anos 2000, marca a criação de uma agenda nacional de enfrentamento à fome no Brasil. Em Belo Horizonte, as políticas criadas na década de 90, então, elas passam a, a ter um, um nível de sustentabilidade, não só é, pelo reconhecimento do governo local, mas também por algumas, alguns instrumentos é, que são importantes nos sistemas públicos é, locais e que dão sustentabilidade para essas políticas. É, eu cito, então, é, especialmente os conselhos, né, o Conselho Municipal de Segurança Alimentar, é, que busca sempre é, a manutenção dessas políticas, é, mas também a gente já, já tinha um grande reconhecimento da população dessa política pública. Então, é, há seis anos atrás, a gente passou por um, alguns momentos de redução na oferta dessa política, seja pelo fechamento de unidades, como o refeitório popular, é, ou uma piora na qualidade da alimentação ofertada nesses equipamentos. É, mas a gente teve a manutenção do escopo geral da política. So the 90s were basically characterized by uh, the creation of these food security policies in Belo Horizonte, whereas the early 2000s brought this policy to a national level. And the policies of the 90s were sustained in Belo Horizonte, not only through actions by the local government, but also by the um, instruments that were very important 
to, to sustain them. One of them uh, was a city council that was created for food security and it sought to maintain the policy's uh, existence and, and, um, and activities and the recognition by the population itself of its positive results. As an example, about six years ago, we did have a, a reduction in supply of, of these measures. One of the popular restaurants was closed. There was a lower quality of food being provided, but in the long run, the general policy and its um, scope as a whole was still maintained. In é, 2017, né, o ano passado, é, toma posse o atual prefeito Alexandre Calil, que durante o processo eleitoral, inclusive, é, trazia duas bandeiras é, principais. A primeira era fazer funcionar o que já existia, em relação aos equipamentos da cidade, e o segundo era governar para quem precisa. Então, em 2017, ao assumirmos a Secretaria de Segurança Alimentar, é, a gente encontra um cenário é, de políticas altamente consolidadas, então a gente ainda tinha é, unidades de restaurantes populares, é, os, os, as unidades, as lojas, né, que são os sacolões ABCs e outras estratégias que eu vou listar aqui, é, vou apresentar detalhadamente cada política, é, mas a gente percebeu um cenário de precarização dessa política. É, então, a partir do, do ano passado, o nosso trabalho foi, de fato, de ampliar a qualidade da alimentação ofertada tanto pelas escolas quanto nas nossas unidades diretas, mas também de criar outras estratégias de qualificação desse sistema que já existia. In uh, 2017, just last year, the current mayor of Belo Horizonte, uh, Alexandre Khalil, was elected, and he ran his campaign on two main messages. The first one was to make whatever um, already existed work for the people and also to govern for those who needed the government. And he was elected and when I came into office uh, and my team came into office, we found this consolidated policy that offered uh, food security through the restaurants, the ABC stores, the discounted uh, food stores, as well as others that I will uh, detail in a few moments. However, the policy as a whole had deteriorated. And starting last year, we tried to focus on improving the quality of the food and the actions that were offered through uh, the school programs, the restaurant programs, as well as other measures that I will present. O sistema de segurança alimentar em Belo Horizonte, ele se baseia em quatro eixos principais, que é a produção de alimentos saudáveis, é, o consumo de alimentos saudáveis, acesso a mercados e formação. É, eu vou falar de três grandes tipos de atuação da prefeitura. É, a primeira delas é a oferta direta de alimentos, a segunda é a regulação é, de mercado, 
a parceria com o mercado privado e, por último, a atuação em rede e que envolve especialmente os produtores, é, é, os agricultores familiares da região metropolitana de Belo Horizonte, onde a gente tem área rural, mas também do fomento à agricultura urbana. The food security system in Belo Horizonte is based on four axes, and these are healthy food productions, healthy food consumption, access to market, and capacity building. And the city has three main um, action uh, plans. One is the direct offer of foods. The second one is to regulate the market, and we have a partnership with the private sector to do that. And the third one are networks involving investments in family-based smallholder um, agricultural activities, not only in the peripheral areas to the city, farther away from the center, but also in urban agriculture. É, o primeiro campo né, de atuação da prefeitura, que é a oferta direta, né, que é a, a produção e oferta de alimentação à população. Eu destaco é, os restaurantes populares. Nós temos quatro restaurantes que produzem alimentação distribuídos na cidade e um refeitório que é abastecido com, com a alimentação desses restaurantes. Nós temos é, a alimentação escolar, que é a oferta de alimentação de qualidade saudável na rede de educação né? é, e a assistência alimentar aquelas pessoas que estão em unidades de acolhimento, né? abrigos para a cidade, desde a população em situação de rua, idosos e crianças. E uma questão importante é que nos restaurantes populares, por exemplo, a população em situação de rua ela tem acesso gratuito a alimentação é, irrestrito. No ano de 2017, é, por meio desses três programas, é, nós oferecemos 85 milhões de refeições na cidade de Belo Horizonte. Uh, the very first action that I mentioned, the direct supply of food, includes both the production and the supply of these uh, healthy food products. And we do so through what we call the popular restaurants, which produce the food that they serve. We also have a food court type of restaurant that only receives the food from the restaurants, but is an additional facility to serve the population. School programs that offer quality, healthy foods within the school system. And food assistance to, to those who are in shelters those who are currently homeless, the elderly children. And something that's worth noting is that the homeless have access to food at the popular restaurants, which is normally a low-cost restaurant, uh, free of charge and in an unlimited fashion. And in 2017 alone, these three programs I described served 85 million meals to the population. É, o segundo, a segunda forma de atuação é a regulação é, do mercado para a oferta de é, alimentação à população. 
E aí eu vou citar alguns exemplos. O primeiro são os sacolões ABC, né, que são essas lojas é, criadas na década de 90 em áreas periféricas da cidade, que é, a prefeitura faz uma permissão de uso de uma área pública né, ou é, da integração a essa rede pública para o mercado e eles passam a explorar economicamente né, e oferecer essa, essa alimentação. Contudo, a gente cria uma cesta de produtos que é, necessariamente tem que estar ofertada nesses lugares com preço acessível. Então, a gente regula qual será o preço de oferta dessa cesta de produtos para a população em áreas periféricas. The second action is the market regulation, and that is part of the supply of food uh, program. One of the examples would be our ABC stores. These are heavily discounted food stores that were set up in the 90s, primarily in the suburbs of the city, which tend to be uh, less uh, wealthy areas. The city grants a land use to the market. Um, market players may then make use of this site and offer products to the population. However, we do set a, a basket of products, a set of staples that must be available, and we set the price of those uh, food staples so they are accessible to the population. É, a gente tem também as feiras urbanas, né, que são ou acesso a mercados, né, é, mas tem um, um, um programa muito interessante que se chama Direto da Roça, que a prefeitura licencia produtores é, familiares, né, agricultores, a venderem os seus produtos diretamente para a população, sem intermediários. É, então, a prefeitura licencia esses produtores é, em pontos é, de venda na cidade. É, foi criado na década de 90 esse programa. Ao chegarmos, a gente tinha é, um número reduzido de pontos na cidade, a gente tinha 29 pontos e hoje a gente ultrapassa aí dos, dos 60 pontos é, que no ano passado nós, nós criamos. Então, é uma forma de viabilizar o alimento saudável, sem agrotóxico ou de uma produção é, muito mais controlada à população geral da cidade. Uh, we also have urban markets that um, give the population ac uh, additional access to these foods. And we have a, a very interesting program called Straight from the Farm and through which the city licenses uh, specific smallholders, uh, producers of, of foods, so they can sell directly to the population. This program was created in the 90s, and at the time there were only uh, 29 points of sale in the city, but uh, just in last year we were able to exceed uh, 60 uh, points of sale, and that is a way to offer healthy, um, organic, foods to the general population and also a way to control what kind of products reaches their table. É, o, o, o Estado, né, as prefeituras e o poder público, ele pode ser um grande incentivador é, da produção de pequenas famílias é, e do consumo de produtos mais saudáveis né, em suas ofertas. 
É, foi criado nacionalmente um programa, que é um programa de aquisição de alimentos, é, e que é, a Prefeitura de Belo Horizonte tem ampliado as compras institucionais é, para oferta na, nas escolas, por exemplo, é, os produtos da agricultura familiar. Então, do ano passado para esse, nós ampliamos de 2% de compras de produtos né, da agricultura familiar é, para quase 30% é, de produtos advindos da, da agricultura. Isso significa incentivo ao produtor das zonas rurais na região metropolitana, dos agricultores urbanos, é, mais renda para essas famílias, mas também uma alimentação de maior qualidade é, ofertada pela Prefeitura Municipal. Então, uh, o so governo, tanto no nível de cidade como no estado em geral, pode ser um player em promover a consumação de em geral. E isso é o que aconteceu programa de procurimento In Belo Horizonte, we use the program to increase the number of and the volume of healthy foods that were purchased by the state. Uh, we went from 2% of products that were being purchased from uh, family farmers to nearly 30% now. So that is in, an incentive both to rural as well as urban farmers. It's a way to increase the level of uh, revenues that these families bring home, as well as a way to increase the quality of the products that they consume and the population consumes. E por último, para finalizar a minha fala, é, eu cito a atuação em rede é, na, no fomento à agricultura urbana e à agroecologia. É, criando sistemas agroecológicos urbanos, incentivando a população a produzir, né, a plantar, é, mesmo que dentro de suas casas ou nos seus quintais, é, produtos de, de qualidade é, e também criando em, em comunidades, em populações periféricas, inclusive, é, espaços comunitários de produção para o consumo daquela, daquela população, mas também para a venda, né, como uma forma de, de renda é, para essas famílias. Então, também é possível incentivar a agricultura urbana como uma estratégia de melhoria da qualidade da alimentação consumida né, pela população da própria cidade. And finally, uh, the last action I want to share with you is the network um, action we undertake as a way to foster uh, urban agriculture as well as uh, agroecology as a whole. That allows us to uh, create an urban system for agroecology and promote um, even production small spaces such as people's backyards. And the creation of community gardens, for instance, which promotes healthier uh, food consumption as well as sale of the products that they do not consume, generating extra income for the families. And so urban agriculture is used as a strategy to improve the quality of the population's um, diet. É, Para finalizar, eu vou repassar alguns números. É, para que vocês tenham a dimensão 
né, de, disso na nossa cidade. Eu vou falar pausadamente que aí você pode... Okay. Isso. In closing, um, I will be presenting some figures uh, related to our city. Nós temos é, quatro restaurantes populares e um refeitório popular que servem é, quase dois milhões e meio de refeição de refeições é, por ano na cidade a preços acessíveis. We have four popular restaurants as well as the one uh, food court restaurant. And together they serve uh, 2.5 million meals per year within the city at accessible prices. Atualmente estamos em fase de expansão dessas políticas com recursos do município. É, nesse último mês ampliamos a oferta é, de café da manhã e jantar em uma unidade que fica numa área hospitalar da cidade. E para o próximo ano nosso desafio é garantir o funcionamento de uma unidade que fica em uma região é, onde temos muita muita população em situação de rua, a abertura também aos finais de semana. We are also expanding our policy with funds from the local government. Last month we were able to add uh, breakfast and dinner, not only um, in addition to lunch that was already being served in one of our restaurant units, which is located in a medical center of the city. And we are, we're also uh, hoping to increase availability of meals at a restaurant in the suburbs of the city uh, to the weekends as well. É, no ano passado, nós comercializamos 31,4 mil toneladas de alimentos nos, em nossas unidades, que são sacolões ABCs, é, por toda a cidade, tendo 20 itens a R$ 1,19, que isso em dólar. 25 centavos, né, mais ou menos, ou menos, né? And last year, in our ABC stores, discount stores, we were able to um, sell 31.5 thousand tons of foods, including 20 staple foods, at one real and 19 centavos, which is roughly uh, 25 cents each. É, em um outro programa, que é o Banco de Alimentos, é, nós doamos, recolhendo da, do mercado, inclusive produtos que não seriam mais utilizados, mas que ainda estavam aptos para o consumo humano, é, quase 180 milhões de toneladas é, de alimentos doadas a instituições é, da sociedade que fazem trabalhos sociais. Nós doamos para 38 instituições é, cerca de 180 milhões de toneladas de alimentos. 180 toneladas. Isso. Um, and uh, through the food bank program, uh, which collects food that is still fit for human consumption, but is no longer going to be used in their original locations, we collected and donated approximately 180 tons of food to uh, civil society social institutions 38 of them benefited from these 180 tons of food. É, para você ter uma ideia de custo, né? É, nos restaurantes populares, por exemplo, para a gente oferecer 14 mil refeições por dia, é, o que dá mais ou menos 2 milhões e meio de refeições por ano, a prefeitura investe 27 milhões de dólares por ano. Dólares americanos. Isso. Mm -hmm. And just to give you an idea of cost, 
in our popular restaurants, uh, which together serve around 14,000 meals a day, around 2.5 million a year, the city uh, government has invested 27 million US dollars. Espero ter conseguido apresentar de forma sintética, mas objetiva, o nosso sistema de segurança alimentar de Belo Horizonte. E estou à disposição para perguntas, comentários e sugestões, inclusive. Obrigada. I hope I've been able to present to you in a brief but objective manner uh, a little bit more about our food security system in the city of Belo Horizonte. And I thank you for your attention and I'm at your disposal to answer your questions and hear your comments or suggestions if the case be. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. <clears throat> My name is Christian Mann, and I'm the research fellow in the Global Food Security Project here at CSIS. Fairly new, as Kimberly mentioned. Secretary Kolaris, thank you for that excellent presentation. I just, I don't know about you, but I'm just, that is such an amazing story of um, local will and persistent will over the course of several decades to address some of these really entrenched problems. So. Um, yeah, like I said, my name is Christian Mann. I'm in the research fellow here. I also want to take a moment to uh, say hello to those of us who are joining online around the world. Good evening, good morning, wherever you are. We're glad you're here. And of course, hello to everyone here in the audience. Uh, to my left and your right is, I'd like to introduce you to Chris Shepard Pratt. Uh, Chris is the policy team lead at the Bureau for Food Security at the United States Agency for International Development. He's been with the agency for about 16 years and interestingly served on, among his many accomplishments, served on the National Security Council under both uh, Presidents George W. Bush and President Obama, which I thought was, um, there must be a story in there somewhere. Um, but we've invited uh, Chris to join our panel today because at CSIS, our work in the Global Food Security Project uh, we aim to analyze and highlight what is working in food security policy, particularly within Feed the Future, which, as many of you know, is the U.S. government's um, flagship initiative to address food and nutrition and security globally. Governance obviously plays a central role in food security, and so when we think about a place like Belo Horizonte, we want to look for things we can highlight uh, in their case that may be applicable to USAID's work around the world. So welcome, Chris. We're glad to have you here. Um, we have about a half an hour, so I'd like to begin with a discussion among those of us on stage, and then we'll turn the microphone over to, um, to you guys in the audience uh, for a little bit of Q&A. Um, Secretary Clarice, the first question I'd like to ask you is um, involves the price for food in, in, in and around Belo Horizonte. It seems to be the case that when you're working on a regional economic growth strategy, um, we have something that f um, some research, researchers have referred to as the food price dilemma, where high prices for farmers are, is good news, but high prices for consumers, especially vulnerable consumers, is bad news. So my question is, how do you balance paying farmers, especially small-scale farmers, a competitive price that 
is meaningful for their livelihoods while at the same time charging consumers a meaningfully low price such that um, food security uh, is, food insecurity is mitigated. É, primeiro, de fato, é, temos diferenças entre uma ação é, de mercado e uma ação pública. Né? O que nós tentamos em Belo Horizonte é, de fato, a regulação é, do mercado, associando, então, é, a, a venda de produtos é, de produtores comerciais, né, vamos dizer assim, de grandes, de grandes empresas que vão vender produtos como nos sacolões ABC, é, mas para o pequeno agricultor há uma estratégia muito interessante que é a sua associação né, de vários produtores é, familiares é, da região metropolitana e de outras áreas do estado em pequenas cooperativas e associações. Então, é, o pequeno agricultor, mesmo com uma produção pequena, ele se associando a uma rede de, de produtores é, e agricultores familiares, isso torna o seu processo de produção é, competitivo. Né? É, e quanto mais o poder público compra desses agricultores, quanto mais o poder público compra da agricultura familiar, mais ela impulsiona é, esse processo de produção. Então, de fato, é, num momento inicial, há que se investir é, numa outra forma de produção. Né? O poder público ele reconhece esse investimento inicial, mas que depois, quando a gente tem uma, uma, um sistema cíclico de compras públicas para a agricultura familiar, a produção desse pequeno agricultor consegue ser periódica em maiores proporções e com preços também concorrentes com o mercado. Então, uma produção é, de qualidade da agricultura familiar, ela pode se tornar competitiva com o mercado. So, indeed, uh, there are differences between um, market actions and government actions. In Belo Horizonte, what we try to do is to regulate the market, but mainly involving the large commercial enterprises that sell products to our stores mainly. But in regards to the, the small um, farmers uh, in small scale, what we try to do is to have them become part of an association of multiple uh, small farmers as well throughout the metropolitan area and even from other areas in the state so they can join forces through co-ops. And when they join a network, they become competitive. And the more the government buys from them, the faster uh, to, to foster this productive process the more sustainable the whole process becomes. At first, there must be an, an investment in a different type of system. And later, as it becomes cyclical, these small farmers can obtain good prices and reach a certain scale that can remain competitive. 
Um, another question I have concerns the uh, relative uh, perpetuation of Bill Horizonte's efforts. And Chris, here I want to ask you to comment on my comment, if you don't mind. But um, it does seem to be the case, as we discussed in our luncheon this afternoon, that um, so often efforts to address food security at the government level are um, circumscribed by political administrations. And so you might have a really fascinating um, inventive effort to address food security that simply goes away with a new administration. Um, it seems like Belo Horizonte has been able to make this program last across a number of different uh, political environments. Does that, does that, what do you think about when you um, see that experience um, in Belo Horizonte? Thank you, Christian. And, and first, let me say thank you, Madam Secretary, for the remarkable story that you've shared with us. I think we don't have enough time here to fully explore all of the lessons that we could take from your uh, experience. Um, I think there are a lot of important things that Belo Horizonte has done uh, that lead to its legitimacy and its sustainability over time. I think one of the most important is, and this is a fundamental lesson from, I think, the experience, is that um, governments have a role in changing this landscape and making a difference in the lives of people. The government has committed to this over time. It has a clear plan. It's invested in the, the uh, organization across ministries to bring together this solution, and it's funded it both with people and with, with money to make it happen. So that is already a recipe for success. But perhaps as importantly, Bella Orjante, the government has taken responsibility for action, but it, is all, it has done so hand in hand with local people. Say, we want to meet you where, we are, where you are, and we want in, to invest in you as part of this solution. Together, that creates a legitimacy, a credibility, uh, and a compelling story and results that are going to result in uh, financing over time. Those are all things that we want to see in development programming. I'm going to take a little time out and say that USAID is shifting towards this idea of self-reliance, where we say it's absolutely essential that governments are able to plan, finance, and implement their own development programs. And this is the direction that USAID is going to be moving, including uh, USAID's work through Feed the Future. And so Belo Horizonte represents an incredible example of this in action, I think, what we'd like to see other places. So I'm excited to learn more about the lessons we can take to, to build this out in other places. Okay, so I'd like to play devil's advocate for a moment. I think there may be even folks among us today, maybe online, um, who might look at Belo Horizonte's efforts and say, you know, the responsibility to address food security should really be taken up by the private sector. When you burden local governments with those responsibilities, all you're really doing is creating dependence, creating something that's financially unsustainable, and you're asking too much of task, ta taxpayers. Um, in my mind, it seems like that's not exceptionally nuanced, and there could be a role for both the private sector and for governments. So I'm curious both what you two would say to skeptics of government-led programs to address food security, and also what you might recommend in terms of the right mix of the, for the roles of the private sector and the public sectors. Uh, bom, 
Primeiro aspecto que eu queria comentar sobre a fala do, do Cris é o aspecto da perpetuação da política é, de governos que é, sempre buscam é, alterar a agenda né, de, de políticas construídas anteriormente. Mas eu queria destacar e afirmar, na verdade, que é possível fazer renovações, né, trazer novidades a políticas já criadas por governos anteriores. Né? Quando há uma política que seja coerente, né, obviamente, é, é possível trazer é, aspectos de uma nova gestão, de uma nova concepção, de uma nova condução das políticas para estratégias que já vinham sendo desenvolvidas. E aí eu quero citar como exemplo, por exemplo, a questão da melhoria da qualidade da alimentação dos restaurantes populares. É, nós tiramos as carnes processadas, por exemplo, que eram servidas como carne. Né? Essa é uma inovação importante. É, trouxemos o, os peixe, é, peixe, a oferta da, do peixe no cardápio. Né? Os produtos da agricultura urbana e da agricultura familiar para esses cardápios. Então, é uma série de criação de cardápios para hipertensos, diabéticos. Então, a unidade restaurante popular ela foi criada lá na década de 90. Mas é, uma série de inovações na, na forma de fazer essa oferta foram criadas recentemente, por exemplo, pela, pela nossa gestão. Uh, the first thing I'd like to comment uh, regarding what Christian said uh, has to do with this um, attempt by governments to perpetuate uh, policies whenever possible. Uh, governments often try to change their predecessor's agenda. However, it is possible to innovate even based on previously uh, created agendas and policies. If it is consistent with the general idea, it is possible to conceptualize and execute ideas in slightly new ways, even if this is a previously established agenda. For instance, the improvement of quality of food served in our popular restaurants. The popular restaurants themselves were created in the 90s. However, we came in and we decided to eliminate all processed meats from the menu. They cannot be served as meat anymore. We included uh, fish and we included pro products from urban um, agriculture as well as from the small uh, family farms. We also created a menu to cater to uh, people who suffer from hypertension and diabetes. So it is possible, even based on a, a system that was created in the 90s, to innovate on the way it operates, and that's what we have been doing in our administration. O segundo ponto é sobre as alianças com a sociedade e, de fato, em Belo Horizonte é, temos uma aliança muito fortalecida, tanto com a sociedade civil organizada, 
é, quanto com o setor privado nessa indução de financiamento né, de políticas, mas eu destaco que, de fato, é, a atuação dos conselhos de políticas públicas, né, o Conselho Municipal de Segurança Alimentar, foi fundamental para que a gente tivesse essa sustentação dessa política por tantos anos. And I'd also like to highlight our partnerships uh, with society in general. Uh, in Belo Horizonte, we have a very strong alliance, both with the uh, organized uh, civil society as well as with the private sector. And I must not leave out the role played by our councils. The city council for food security has been a key player in ensuring that this policy lasts and thrives for so many years. E por último, é a pergunta que o Chris traz sobre a responsabilidade do setor público ou privado, essa é a pergunta que eu mais fico feliz em responder, porque eu acho que ela traduz algo que é fundamental é, nessa política, que é uma concepção é, de Estado responsável pela garantia de direitos. Né? Então, a experiência de Belo Horizonte ela traduz muito uma concepção de Estado garantidor, garantidor de direitos. É, o mercado, ele, ele não garante direitos a quem não tem direitos. Né? É, na verdade, quem faz isso é o Estado. Então, é, esse, essa atuação do poder público, mesmo que na regulação com o mercado, ela, ela é um aspecto importante. Então, aos céticos, né, em relação à, à atuação pública, eu diria que, na verdade, quando o Estado garante direitos daqueles que não têm, essa é uma contribuição para a sociedade, de uma forma geral. Né? Então, o mercado também se beneficia quando a gente tem uma população que tem condições de se desenvolver né, de ter saúde, de ter acesso à alimentação, de ter acesso à educação, à saúde, assistência social. Então, na verdade, o mercado ele também é beneficiado né, por uma agenda de inclusão social. Tanto por, porque essa produção também estará apta a produzir, mas também a consumir. Né? Assim, na visão cética do mercado, eu diria isso. And finally, answering uh, Chris's question about uh, the responsibility, whether it should rest on the private sector or the public sector, that is a question that makes me very happy to um, answer because it brings me to the idea of the state as the one responsible for ensuring rights. And in Belo Horizonte, uh, we do uh, promote that idea of the state as a guarantor of rights. The market does not ensure anyone's rights. That, that rests on the state. And uh, public action to regulate the market, for instance, is vital. And to the skeptics, I would say, when the state ensures uh, people's rights of those who do not have those rights guaranteed, the society benefits as a whole. So the market benefits as well a population that is in good health, that has access to education, to social services, will benefit the market. This social agenda will benefit the market. 
because that creates a population that is able to produce as well as to consume. Chris, any thoughts on that? Sure, just a couple things. First, uh, you know, we know that inclusive growth uh, is better for everybody. It's faster, uh, it brings more people along. Uh, while it's true that uh, any public policy has to consider all of the needs in a city. So, you know, we want to see cities grow as fast as possible in terms of economic growth. Uh, we want to see populations that are well nourished. Um, it's clear that for 25 years, this program has been successfully doing that. And I think in and of itself, that speaks to sustainability on some level. I think it's also important to appreciate that for $27 million a year, the results that they've achieved are remarkable. Um, so, you know, I think, yes, while we should ask ourselves whether or not government is uh, inhibiting growth or inhibiting the private sector, I think it's as important to consider that government's responsibility is to provide for all its citizens. As I understand this program, and it didn't really come out in the remarks, the councils that are, that are responsible for governing this program include representatives of the private sector. There seems to be a commitment to constantly evolving the program uh, to improve it over time. And in my mind, that my understanding is that also accounts for concerns from uh, private sector entities about what aspects of the program uh, are affecting them. Um, again, you know, I want to come back to the beginning and say, I think what we have here is an incredible process innovation that in a very a clear way brings together uh, an inclusive process for finding a solution where the private sector in this case is part of the solution. They are also part of society. They agree with and buy into the vision about what this experiment is intended to achieve. And I think all those things are important. Totally agreed. So we have a few minutes left, and I'd like to open up the conversation to uh, questions from the audience. So raise your hand if you have a um, question, and we'll bring the microphone to you. And please introduce yourself as you uh, give your question. I'll do so. I'm Dr. Sam Hancock of Emerald Planet, Emerald Planet TV. And Madam Secretary, I think you're very courageous in what you're doing and continuing this uh, very nice program forward. But uh, two points or questions. One is that you said you went from 2% to 30% of the smallholder farmers that are involved. And was that through the cooperative program and the co-ops were able to expand that number of people that are involved uh, in the program? And then going back to the very origins of this, it seemed you had a very forward-thinking, courageous uh, mayor that wanted to take something forward in a very new way but yet there's entrenched very large agricultural combines in Brazil and throughout uh, many of these countries that actually will very much impede if they possibly can. So it, it may go back to, is it the institutions or was it the personality of this particular mayor uh, that uh, brought this forward or was it this moment in time of Brazilian history that really allowed this to uh, flourish and then be sustained over these 25 years. I mean, it looks like a confluence of many different factors, and it's absolutely amazing what you've been able to do. And, and I think USAID and what Christian is saying is that we all would agree that this is really a best practice 
uh, in itself, and that's what we look for through Emerald Planet. And thank you for being here and sharing. Bom, é, primeiro eu queria eu queria fazer uma uma correção que nos restaurantes populares são 27 milhões de reais, então 78 milhões de dólares. So just a small correction, the investment in the popular restaurants was of 27 million reais, so a slightly lower amount in dollars. É, sobre essa questão, quando eu disse de 30%, eu falei de 30% das compras é, que a prefeitura realiza de alimentos, né, de, de produtos da agricultura, hoje são da agricultura familiar. Então, é, até 2016, né, ou 2017, a gente tinha que do volume de compras é, institucionais, ou seja, do volume de produtos de hortifruti que a prefeitura comprava, apenas 2% era da agricultura familiar. Né? Hoje, nós já chegamos a 30% da compra eh, de produtos da agricultura familiar para abastecer os nossos programas de oferta de alimentos. A gente percebe, sim, eh, um, um aumento eh, da relação organizada desses, desses agricultores com o poder público. Não necessariamente um aumento de agricultores atuando, na verdade, uma maior organização desses agricultores em torno dessas cooperativas é, para alcançarem ou garantirem condições é, administrativas, inclusive, para venderem para prefeituras de Belo Horizonte. Esse é o primeiro aspecto e agradeço a, os elogios e as palavras de incentivo também. Uh, first of all, I wanted to uh, make it clear that um, from all the food products purchased by the city government, 2% used to come from these uh, smaller um, productions. Now that number has reached 30%. And all those foods are used to supply our programs. And what we have noticed first of all, is an increase in the level of organization that we see in the relationship between these smaller uh, farms and the government. Not necessarily an increase in the number of farmers, per se, but we see that they're better organized and they have uh, better administrative capabilities to, to deal and, and interact with the government. And before I move on, I'd like to also thank you for your uh, kind words about the program. Sobre a questão do prefeito, de fato, nós temos hoje uma, um grande compromisso né, pessoal do prefeito com, com essa agenda. E, obviamente, a gente enfrenta a, né, alguns interesses de mercado nessa dinâmica da construção dos nossos programas. É, mas a pauta da agricultura familiar e da agricultura urbana e da agroecologia são pautas que também têm 
é, se tornado centrais na agenda governamental. Então, à medida em que a gente dá mais visibilidade e à medida em que os produtores também se organizam mais, é, nos dá mais segurança para enfrentar alguns, alguns desses desgastes. Os desgastes existem, né? é, é sabido por, por todos nós. Em alguns momentos, é, a gente enfrenta com maior facilidade, em outros também a gente tem que ter alguns recuos. Né? Mas, é, atualmente, por exemplo, nós mantivemos o preço da alimentação, da refeição do restaurante popular, por exemplo, e não tivemos aumento desde 2016. Nós não aumentamos o preço da, da, da alimentação nos restaurantes populares. Isso significa que a prefeitura ela tem que investir mais recursos públicos. Por outro lado, nós racionalizamos o processo de gestão da alimentação. Então, nós conseguimos é, reduzir em quase 30% o custo de um prato, de uma refeição servida no restaurante popular, por revisão dos processos de gestão. Então, aumentando o nosso nível de eficiência, a gente consegue também ampliar a nossa eficácia e a nossa efetividade hoje na, na administração. Em relação ao mayor, como você comentou, o mayor certamente agenda. But we do face challenges related to market interests. There, there's no question about that. And we face them uh, the best way we can. However, the whole idea of uh, small-scale farming and urban agriculture and agroecology, these are themes that the more they become a priority in government uh, and in the public's minds in general, and the better organized farmers are, the better position we uh, get into in order to, to handle and face these challenges. As an example, we have managed to maintain the same price per meal at our popular restaurant since 2016. And that meant the city had to invest more, but that also led us to streamline the whole process of production. And we managed to lower the cost of each meal in 30% just through uh, the revision of the process. So as we also work to increase our efficiency, we also attain uh, better um, efficacy and effectiveness in the program as a whole. So I think I'm gonna um, ask the audience to, for maybe two more questions, and I'll let uh, Secretary Claris choose which one she answers because we're short on time. So I think we have a question up here, and maybe one other. Thank you. Kyle Smith from Smith's Laboratories. Uh, Madam Secretary, 25 years later, it must be incredibly satisfying to look back on your success, and I'd like to congratulate you on that. But I'd like you to talk a little bit more about the challenges you faced in the beginning. Uh, what were some of the biggest initial obstacles, and what advice would you give to another community looking to replicate your own success? Any other questions from the audience? Okay, great. So we'll. Um, Secretary Claris, do you have a, maybe a few brief remarks on the challenges you faced um, and advice you might have uh, going forward for other cities looking to replicate this program, which, by the way, is a great note to end on. So, um, go ahead. Eu acho que sempre quando se começa uma política, o primeiro desafio é torná-la agenda governamental. Né? Acho que esse é o primeiro. Superada essa fase, que em Belo Horizonte né, era uma 
uma agenda né, do prefeito, é, eu acredito que é o processo de criação de um modelo que seja possível de ser operacionalizado. Né? Que é, o planejamento, ele, ele seja executado é, de uma forma possível na concretude da, da oferta da política. E nesse sentido, é, acho que um, um ponto muito importante é o processo de diagnóstico da situação né, em que se deseja enfrentar é, e fazer escolhas certas. Né? A fome, por exemplo. Nós temos uma série de formas de se enfrentar a fome. Né? É, uma série de modelos de políticas possíveis. Então, é, ter muita consistência de qual é a situação que você quer enfrentar é, e qual resposta mais adequada para isso, eu acho que é fundamental. O outro ponto é de que sempre quando se cria uma nova política, a todo momento ela será colocada à prova, né? tanto pela sociedade, é, pelos consumidores daquela política, como pela imprensa ou uma oposição política, enfim. Então, eu acredito que para que se crie uma política e que ela tenha uma sustentabilidade, a sua consistência de respostas e de mecanismos institucionais e de apoio da sociedade tem que ser muito bem estruturadas, senão rapidamente você perde essa política. Assim foi com o programa Bolsa Família também no Brasil. Né? Os primeiros anos do programa Bolsa Família foram de críticas duras durante, é até hoje, né? alvo de muitas críticas, mas é, se a agenda governamental não tem consistência nessa sua proposta, ela de fato acaba se perdendo. Um, as to the challenges, whenever there's a new policy, uh, first of all, it has to become part of the government's agenda. Once that first hurdle is overcome, and in our case, it was part of our mayor's agenda, the second uh, step would be to create a model to make it operational. And the model has to be viable. Um, it depends on making a very good initial assessment of the situation and choosing very wisely. For instance, when dealing with hunger, there are multiple ways through which um, we could create policies and what kind of policies could be created to fight hunger. So we have to be very consistent but first with which challenge we're going to face and what will be the most appropriate way to um, face it. Whenever there is a new policy, it will be tested, it will be criticized, uh, both by consumers, the media, the opposition. So it has to be created in a sustainable manner through uh, consistent answers, implementation, in order to obtain the support by the population. A good example of that was the Bolsa Familia cash transfer program. In the beginning, it was extremely criticized. It's still criticized till today. So if the program is not consistent with the overall agenda for the government, um, the policy will not be sustainable. I think that's a really inspiring uh, note to end on. I mean, thinking um, more about 
how we replicate this experience at Belo Horizonte and other places. To continue that discussion, I invite you to join us on the mezzanine for a reception. Please, please, please take this opportunity to talk with, with Chris and Madam Secretary um, about this really important discussion. So please join me in thanking our panelists. Thank you.